I've cried nonstop probably for like eight months. And you try and hide it, right? You don't want people in public just randomly bursting out in the office. But it's so, that pain. That's why mm. I was try, trying to understand how you manage that. Because that type of loss and the change of life and grieving, obviously what you wanted to be, your family living together in Dubai, that must have been hard. But I feel what, yeah, I feel what that is. There's no hard. question about it. It's tough. Yeah. There, yeah. It, it's very, it's very tough. There's a... Uh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy mm, to be completely yeah. honest with you. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a challenge. Let's talk DXB. Real conversations by real people. Ainsley, firstly, thank you. Thank you for giving me your time on this Sunday afternoon. And I say that because this is, what, the second time that we're meeting in person? And you've, you've been generous with, you know, being able to come into the studio and speak to me as part of my Let's Talk journey. Um, so why? Why have I dragged you into a studio on a Sunday afternoon? So I came across your Instagram uh, page a while ago, actually. And I saw that you were very transparent about, you know, sharing stories about your, your daughter, your beautiful daughter, Aria. And then more recently about, you know, your fitness journey, your transformation there. And really per a personal post about, you know, a time where you were without your daughter. So I was like, okay, I think Ainsley, he's a single dad, you know, really trying to be present and intentional in his daughter's life. And that triggered me because I've recently gone through a divorce and now I'm very much a single mother, raising my son alone in Dubai. I think when I saw your posts, it really just encouraged me that, you know, there, there can be single dads out there that are really engaged in their child's lives. We hear about great mothers all the time. It's about, you know, mothers doing this for their kids, single mothers. But I wanted to flip the script a bit and learn a bit more about you and your journey and why you know what encourages you to be so present in your child's life as a single dad because it also gives me hope that you know that's what I'm definitely seeking you know to get to that resolve with my my son's father so that's what I what brought me here to speak to you about your journey your transformation being a single dad in Dubai um so yeah Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me, to be honest with you. I mean, I was, yeah, I'm quite, I was surprised when you reached out and you, you know, invited me to come through. So no, no problem. I'm yeah. Happy to share, <laughs> to share anything that, that can be beneficial Thank for anyone. You. So no problem. Yeah. I always say that you never know who's watching because I'm guessing for you, you're just being very, you know, authentic, actually. You don't get many, you don't get many men and many fathers being that authentic on social media. So I've, I really, you know. I was really grateful for you to be willing to be so vulnerable and share about that. So that's really what triggered me to to bring you in. Now, as we're only meeting for the second time, the first time was only an hour. So I feel like obviously there's still a lot more that I'd like to learn about you before we go into the nitty gritty of, you know, being a single dad. And there's so many layers to that conversation. So let's start with Ainsley. Let's start with your upbringing. Where did you grow up? What did that look like? Um, so I um, am from uh, Chumpsford in Essex, okay. uh, so I'm an Essex boy. Um, I left uh, the UK when I was 16 years old, Whoa. actually. Um, it's a, quite an interesting story. My, I, I, I saw a job advertised uh, in Tenerife. I've always been keen on uh, living abroad. Uh, and uh, my best friend, Mark, okay. uh, I got the job. Uh, I had to fly over to Tenerife. Um, I had no money. Uh, my best friend Mark, he came with me on the train. He, in fact, he brought our tickets okay. up to Heathrow Airport. And, uh, and when we got to Heathrow Airport, he gave me his last £50 because I was the one that was going away to travel. And he said, you're going to need this more than me. And he actually jumped the train back with no ticket 
because he gave me all the money that he actually had. At the age of 16? At the age of 16, yeah. But where did that desire to leave home, the bravery even? <laughs> 16, I was not thinking about leaving home at all. Yeah. I, don't, I think I was eating and drinking too much of the food at home with my, with my parents. <laughs> I think they were keen for me to get out, yeah, to, 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 get out to, to, to wow. save them some more. Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, so um, so so that was it. So I went off and, and started a new life uh, in uh, in Tenerife at and sixteen. And what did you do at sixteen in Tenerife then? So I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I started off doing commission only, and I was working uh, wow. some of the bars and restaurants and, and that kind of thing over yep. there and uh, hotels, um, just just working and just working on commission, getting people to different places, yep. and it was a uh, it was it was a challenge. Yeah, it was a real challenge. It was a real challenge uh, at the time. Wow. Which then explains, obviously we've spoken a bit, but I think it then explains kind of your entrepreneurial yeah. risk-taking spirit that you have yeah. now, because that's very brave at such a young age to do that as well. Yeah. So how long did you spend in Tenerife? Oh, almost like nine years. Really? Yeah. Oh, you stuck it out then? Yeah. I thought you were going to say a year later, I moved back to Chelmsford. No, no. no? Failure wasn't an option, wow. um, really, uh, even from that, even from those days. Um, so I knew that I, you know, I made my bed. I had to lay in it, yeah. and I had to, uh, had to turn it around. And I actually ended up at uh, 24. I bought my first property over there, actually a four-bedroom townhouse, no um, just from working away and and turning it all around. So uh, that yeah. I can't forget what Mark did for me, really, all that all that time ago. That uh, yeah. we're still friends now. I was going to say you're still friends because yeah, that's yeah. a good friend. No, yeah, he's, a, he's, a really, he's, yeah. a, he's a really good friend. Yeah. Oh, so. fantastic. Okay, so then. You've done that that period. You go back to the UK, or what does that look like? Oh for you? wow! Um, so yeah, I did go to the UK for a short period of yeah. time. So I had to go back uh, in order to go and do that. Yep. Uh, and I also um, went and worked in New York uh, as well on Wall Street because that's something that I really, really wanted to do. Okay, so you've done Spain, you've done New York, yeah. you've gone back home for a little bit, and then after New York, where did you end up? Um, I think it was it was Dubai that was uh, that was that was that, Dubai was always on the radar, right. and I always wanted to come to Dubai, okay. and I always wanted to have an opportunity to work yep. uh, to work here. Yeah. So uh, so that was one that was definitely okay shining bright. Yep, <laughs> and that's how we get here, sitting in a podcast studio. So then you're single in Dubai, you're working, you're figuring it out. You know, you've been working for some time. Then how do you transition to having a lot of free time, creativity, to moving into being a dad? I guess like did you was did you was that planned did you always want to kind of have a family how did that come about uh yeah i've always wanted to i i being completely honest i always wanted to have a son oh yeah i always wanted to i think i think a lot of guys they like to have like a mini me they always want to kind of have a yeah yeah yeah. so so i always wanted to have a son and i was oh yes i always wanted to have a family um and uh yeah aria was planned actually uh my daughter which i'm just over the moon with and really really happy uh that um uh, that that we had her so yeah so that was really really good so how did you meet aria's mother did you Uh, meet her in dubai um so i was in in um, Dubai. Okay. Uh, and then I got a phone call yeah. uh, from a friend of mine that I used to work with uh, previously. Okay. Uh, that we'd worked for in the UK when I went to get the driving license. Ah, yeah, okay. so he called me up yeah. out of the blue and he said, uh, Ainsley, um, uh, there's an opportunity uh, in Kenya. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. I want to I get a hotel. I want mm. you to come in on it with me. Right. And I said, uh, hotel, Kenya, I'm not really sure if right. that's going to be, um, you know, my my, my, my gig. Yep. I go, but out of respect for you, um, you know, send me some pictures, let me have a little look, and we, you know, we can go from there. So I had a little look. He said, it was actually a resort he sent through. I'm like, does oh. a place look like this in real life? Does it actually look as, you know, the same? He goes, yeah, it does. I go, all right, let me come over and have a little look, and wow. we'll go from there. So, so when I knew I was going to be going over to Kenya, I was, at the time... 
I was single, okay. so I was on the dating apps. Right. And there's a way that with one of the dating apps, you're able to um, transport yourself to the country. Really? Yeah, before you're there. Okay. It's like some passport thing or, you know, whatever you can okay. do. Okay, yeah. Pay, pay for the app. <laughs> so I transported myself into there. Kenya. Into Kenya. Into before, Kenya before I got there. So that I was able to, you know, get a... Get a feel. Get a feel, get a, get a lay of the land. So, okay. um, so whilst I was getting a lay of the land, I, I, then, I then, yeah, then... Um, wow. Wow. Okay, so you met her in Kenya. So you're then in Kenya. You've moved around a lot then, actually. You've travelled and worked in different places. So you're in Kenya, getting a feel for this resort. You meet Arya's mother there as well. How long did you spend in, in Kenya then? Were Almost you relocating? Four years. So I you relocated. Lived there? Yeah, I lived oh, there. Oh, right. Okay. So four years. What Almost four years, like? yeah. The, the, the pandemic is kind of what changed yeah, all of that. Yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah, actually. the hotel having to. You know, the airport was shut for right. a good period of time, so yep. we couldn't get out. And so you were stuck there. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was a little. It was a challenge. Wow. Okay. So you meet a lovely young lady, beautiful young lady, fall in love in Kenya, and then you decide that you want to like have a family. Like you knew it was serious. Yeah. And then Aria was born in Kenya. Is that? Yeah, she was born in Nairobi. Okay, yeah. Fine. And then pandemic brought you back to Dubai? Yeah, because at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the big things was about the number of ventilators um, that um, you needed to have yeah. for, at the very, yeah. very beginning, yeah, it's changed, it's have, changed yeah, a lot. Correct. So so I was doing my research and I was looking to see the local hospital to where oh. I was in Nairobi and I was checking to see how many ventilators they had. I found out they only had four ventilators. And I, four? <laughs> yeah, Time to go. In this, in, in this <laughs> hospital. And I was like, you know what, if I need one of these ventilators, I, I'm not fancying my chances. <laughs> Uh, to be, I, I was really, I was like, I'm not yeah, fancy much. If I need one of these things, the, the, the maths is not yeah, going to work. Yeah. Um, so I knew then that I needed to, out. yeah, I needed to, I needed to get out and I needed to bring the family out as well oh. at the same time. But I, the airport was shut. So that was the first time from traveling a lot around yeah. the world. Being, whenever, you know, I've always traveled, I've always felt like I can always go anywhere at any time. Yes. But yeah. all of a sudden when, when the airport shut, I was like, hang on a minute. That's yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah. I can't get out. Yeah. yeah. So then how did you? Are you just had to wait for it to reopen. Wait to wait for it to reopen. Yeah, wow, it reopened. Really it reopened, and then we all came uh, back to Dubai. So, how old was Aria then? Actually, she was young. young. Yeah, she was young. Wow. She was like, yeah, two two years old. Wow. Okay. So now you've got your family safely in Dubai. More ventilators. I remember those times with COVID. That like that was scary. So you did well to kind of get out. Particularly, obviously, unfortunately, in Africa there was limitation. Yeah. In the very beginning. So yeah. Okay. So now you're back as a family in Dubai. Yeah. What was that like? Because obviously your Aria's mum had never lived in Dubai, is correct, that right? So all new yeah, to, yeah, correct, to her. Correct, yeah. So what was that transition like then? Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I mean, um, I've been here before, so yeah, I had so I had easy. connections. Yeah. I had I I, yeah. I knew I had a good network and yeah. base of friends and stuff here already. Yeah. So for me, obviously, it was very very good. Uh, for her, it wasn't quite as good because mm-hmm. obviously coming to a new place, you don't know anybody. Yeah. It can be a little bit lonely, a little bit daunting. Yeah. Um, and it, it, she wasn't working, so right. also that makes it a little bit more challenging as well. Yeah. Okay. And then so that leads into kind of the realness of kind of what happened during that journey of you're in Dubai together but then there seemed to be a period of separation or what did that look like because I think that's probably the pivotal bit which triggered me to be like oh I want to understand his journey and why I've coined it single dad because I guess there was a period of separation in that is that correct yeah that's yeah. correct yeah she um she uh, she wanted to go home she okay. was homesick and she missed um, her yeah. uh, she missed her family um and um and she actually wanted to go back to yeah. back to Nairobi okay uh, with uh, with Aria so how did you take that that's hard yeah okay. that's hard 
hard. Yeah, I've had better days. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. I think that's what the bit I was seeing, that must have been a really tough situation, which then probably led for that piece where you talk about the fight to bring her back. So how did that work out? Because you've got a mother that is not comfortable being in Dubai for valid reasons, for sure. But yeah. then you miss your, your daughter. Yeah. So, yeah, how did you figure that out? Um, I'm quite goal orientated. I you can tell. Can, oh, you, yeah. As you can probably tell from <laughs> really? some, of, some of the other some, some of the other stories. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was at the time. Mm. I thought, oh, it'll be okay. It won't be that bad. You know, you know, yeah. I can fly over and go and see her and, yeah. and that kind of thing and yeah. see my daughter. Um, but it was a, it was significantly more challenging than mm. I than I anticipated. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I knew that it, that it couldn't really continue like that. It yeah. Was, it was too. It was too much. Yeah. So then what made you, what were the process? What was the step to bring her back over? Like how did that work out? Uh, by any means necessary. <laughs> any legal means any necessary. Le- I was like, legal means, any legal yeah. means necessary. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I spoke to the mum. Yep. Um, I spoke to her mum as well. Oh, good. And yeah. I kind of, you know, said like, you know, it would be really good to kind of mm. have Aria living in the same country as both her parents. Yeah. Um, and I liked some of the opportunities that she, you know, she could have had yeah. here through some of the, you know, the relationships that I had here or the connections I had here already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just got to work on that really to try and see if we could bridge the gap <laughs> yeah persuasive and it worked but they're here now yeah they're here yeah it worked yeah, yeah. so how do you find that dynamic because for me being a single mum working full-time obviously you've you've got a very busy role and you're busy you travel a lot but it seems like you make it work this is my point about you being very a very intentional dad and very present so I know single parenting is not easy at all and luckily it seems like you've got that good dynamic with Aria's mother so there's that co-parenting which I'm going to get tips from you on but how yeah how is that like if I coin like being a single dad in Dubai how do you manage your time and make sure you've got time for Aria and time for yourself and what does that look like? Um, I mean, to be honest, I wanted to try and spend as much time with her as I possibly could. Yeah. I mean, having her in the same country and, you know, just down the road, like 15 minutes down the road, yeah. uh, was also something that made life a lot yeah. easier. So yeah. that was that was the first thing. Uh, and then, uh, in fact, even work-wise, mm. I wanted to be able to uh, do something that would allow me yeah. to have more time so that I would be able to be available if she needed me. So you even adapted, like, that career approach yeah. for when, wow. Like, not many people do that. I complain. I'm in a nine-to-five, very busy job. And, yeah, I dream of having that flexibility. Luckily, the company is flexible enough because I'm obviously here by myself. I have to do school runs, doctor's appointments, play dates. So I'm grateful that there is that flexibility, that hybrid model. But adapting your whole career to then be present for your child. Like, to me, and I know you're looking at me blankly because when we met for lunch, I was like... For me, it's like a big deal. But you looked and you're like, it's the norm, which is how it should be seen. And it should be very much like, why are you blowing into the, in this into a podcast even? But you don't get that. I'm seeing firsthand, unfortunately, dads that don't do that. So I'm just like, that is you being very intentional to like be very present with Aria. Um, the only way I could probably answer that for me, it was just like I just had to do it. It wasn't. Yeah. It, there, it was. There wasn't really a, any other option yeah. for it. And I, and I wanted to try and be as available as I could for her. But I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure all parents want to try and do that. And, every, and people can do it to just, just different degrees. Right? Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm an extremist. No, so, you're the norm. So, I hope you, there so, should be more of it. Yeah, yeah, but it's a good point, I guess. I mean, yeah, someone else might be because I work in a very busy role and do my best to at least you know be present you know spend as much time obviously I'm in the house um, I'm able to do that but there's others where 
maybe in my opinion, maybe not as present. So when I hear your story and how much you've adapted your lifestyle and fought to bring Aria and her mother back as well to make sure that they're all comfortable, you don't hear of that often. And it's sad to say that, but, you know, that's not always the norm anymore, unfortunately. So that's what really made me think, well, I want to talk to you and understand a bit more about that. But it's just interesting how you're like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I? Which is great. (laughs) which is great which also makes me think because I'm doing therapy actually since my divorce I'm really working on healing and learning more about myself and how to better myself and they always go back to childhood right they always go back to what was your upbringing like like you know etc but that's the point like what was your upbringing like obviously you left home at 16 which is a very young age but what was that like you know were your parents together have you always seen that dynamic is that why that seems quite normal to you so yeah my parents i think they've been married for 47 years whoa um now so wow (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that is impressive okay so yeah yeah. so 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 so, yeah so it was a it was a quite normal quite normal apart from the fact that i did leave quite early to go traveling the world and they didn't mind Uh, that actually they didn't mind it to be fair no they they were really quite good they're quite supportive about it yeah they were really I think they always knew that I wanted to go and do things and I always kind of like you know if I set my mind on something I want to go and you know they know their child basically yeah they they know so well it's paid off so yeah it's good that they gave you that freedom at such a young my parents no way that's what I was like I'd never even think about leaving at 16 so it's good that you had that freedom yeah Yeah, and I feel like obviously you learn from what you see when you grow up not always and I don't want to stereotype or anything like that but one thing for me is obviously I'm a single mum raising a boy as well and I have friends that have girls like they have daughters and like yeah it's the same I was like no no I have to raise this boy to be a man and there's a void there because his dad is not as active at the moment it could change I'm, I'm praying daily that it does change that scares me because where is his kind of visual representation of growing up to be like a man in this society and the challenges that come with being a man and I can only teach him so much so I'm very conscious of you know your your child learning from you and the environment in the home which I feel like that's probably why you are so like I want my my child near me because you've known that I mean your parents been together for 40 years and it seems to be in a healthy environment makes such a difference in regards to your perception of being a father and what that looks like so that's really interesting yeah on that point I think um one of the things I felt was important is that, yes, I did obviously want Aria, my daughter, to be close with yeah. me, but I also knew that she needed to have her mum as well, yeah. right? So yeah. I knew there wasn't a case of, you know, yeah. trying to just bring her just yeah. to, to be with me. Yeah. And also one of the other things I didn't really want was uh, I didn't want that, and I know this will sound weird and people won't really understand it, mm. but I didn't want Aria to be involved in the legal battle. Mm. Now, I know that everybody else watching will be like, this guy's on another, <laughs> on another planet. Like, <laughs> you know, you can't, you know, you can't do it that way. And I listen, I understand. And everybody's situation is different and, and different. things are very challenging. Yeah. But just that was just something for myself that if I could have avoided that, I, I definitely would, would would have wanted to try and avoid that, mm. and, 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 I, yeah. and I was I was I was fortunate that I was able to avoid avoid yeah. that situation. The mum was really good, and she yeah. worked really with with me. Yeah. And uh, so I've just got to give full credit to to, to her for for. Yeah, yeah for that's healthy. good, and it's encouraging that that healthy dynamic can exist. And I'm learning myself. Like you know, when you go through divorce, and actually, I think I was quite. I call myself naive all the time because there's a lot that I uncovered about my ex-husband that I wasn't aware of. If I'm brave enough to release it, but you know, that comes with a lot of betrayal and hurt. And you know, you want to guard yourself so you can naturally yeah. go into defence. I'm not obviously the warmest when we have to interact because I'm still healing yeah. from that trauma, but I'm. I'm always trying to remind myself that there is a three-year-old boy who is innocent in this 
who deserves both parents. And yeah. I'm very much trying to leave that door open, but equally want his dad to know that it is his responsibility. That's why I talk to you and think like, for you, it's the norm. Please don't, on that on that point, please don't let me, let me, let me, let me kind of paint it as like, it's all roses. And no, it's all, it never is. Yeah, though. it's yeah, all, yeah. It's, so don't get, the, the mum definitely hate, hated me for a, for a good long time, okay? So I definitely wasn't the golden child. But thank uh, you for being honest. The golden child, uh, um, you know, sailing through. She, she definitely, she definitely disliked me. Yeah, to, But at least you can own that, right? At least oh, yeah. you own it and say, yeah, like, you know, yeah. there's fault and whatever, but not many people can even say that, you yeah. know? But at yeah. least you've gotten to a place where your daughter has both parents yeah, yeah. and you've come to an understanding to make it work for Aria. And I think yeah. that's what it is you know healing will come on both sides whatever that looks like and that's my encouragement in terms of knowing you can get to that point so yeah, yeah I think that's interesting so I'm going to go back a bit because it seems like when Aria and her mother moved back to Kenya that's maybe when you went into your kind of transformation in terms of health and fitness if I've yeah. gotten that right so what triggered that was it the distraught of losing your child the breakdown in the relationship usually it's something that pushes someone into doing that what did that look like so yeah that was exactly it that was exactly that was a trigger so um um they left oh Mm -hmm. yeah so in fact i i I actually moved out of the house with they but they were still there and then that first um day now i've moved into this little this little place yeah. they they obviously stayed in the house i didn't want aria to leave the house yeah. and to mess her up and all that kind of stuff right so yeah. so um uh yeah i was like <laughs> you, you know you're sat in these four walls and you're like now now what What's you know now? now now what yeah. and i'm like and you know and and many times when you're kind of like you know these high stress situations mm-hmm. you can kind of spiral out of control into like you know you can you know somebody might want to go and have a drink and want to get you start eating and, and and I've got nothing against any of those things they're all you know <laughs> all uh, needed yeah, sometimes yeah. yeah well you know yeah yeah but I thought to myself right do you know what I mean I need to focus uh, and I need to I need to I need to just put everything somewhere. So then I just started then that it was, I, I would start, uh, I'd start training to be fair wow. and I'd start, in fact, it started off by walking. It yep. started off by walking. Okay. I just started walking um, every morning for an hour. Good. That's yeah. how it started. Yep. I just started doing that every day. I thought uh, I just focus on going out tomorrow and just walking for an hour. So I'd put my headphones in, listen to a podcast and literally <laughs> just, just walk around as a track and just walk, walk around the track in every morning. And that, that's actually originally where it, where it, where it all started from. This is from. literally my life now. I've put on, some people say you can't notice it, but I can notice it. I obviously, during the process of divorce, the stress of, you know, that kind of, I think for me, it was grieving the loss of my family. That kind of, what I never wanted to, I always said, because I was married for six years dated for four so I've known my ex-husband for 10 years and we didn't have a child until I think like two or three years after marriage uh-huh. so for me it was always like I never want to have a kid it was never like let's just have a baby now I didn't want to bring a child into it unless I knew it was going to be something where it would last obviously naturally no one wants a divorce where he would grow up with two parents because that's yeah. what I've known in my upbringing it doesn't mean that's the right way I'm actually learning now and rewiring my brain to say it's about that child being in a safe and healthy environment no one wants yeah. to see their parents in an unhealthy marriage and that's what they learned so that's why I removed myself but I ate through that process I'm still kind of eating through that process yeah. but just started walking now 
I walk daily, I listen to, even if it's sermons, I'm a Christian, so I'll listen to like a preacher, I'll listen to music. And that level of stress that gets released in that process and a bit of weight has helped so much. So yeah. that's encouraging to know that's a good starting place for Walking me. is the key. Yeah. Walking was the key. Okay. Walking is the key. Walking, I'd, I'd highly recommend that. It just so happens, coincidentally, at the same time or a similar time to that, I also, um, I was also having a few, a few unusual things happening to me. I, so my vision was starting to get a little bit funny. So Whoa. sometimes I'd be looking and I'd feel like something just ran across the floor. But it wasn't. It was my eyes were acting a little bit funny, right? Really? So I went to the doctors and I said to the doctor, um, I think I'm, you might need to have a, you know, a, yeah. some checks and stuff. Because the thing, I was getting pins and needles in my in my feet as well. Mm. So um, went to the doctor, uh, had the, te- um, the, the, the the blood tests and all of that. And he came back and he said, um, Ainsley, you are pre-diabetic. Wow. Uh, and he said, uh, if you carry on the way you're going... Uh, you're actually going to become full-blown, uh, no you know, full-blown diabetes from lifestyle. Just from like lifestyle, bad habits, from lifestyle. right? Uh, and then he said, um, you know, uh, the first thing that you need to do is you need to lose weight. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. So I said to him, like, you know, is it reversible? Mm. And he said, of course, it's reversible uh, for the type that I had. Yeah. Um, uh, but he said, you need to change your lifestyle. Wow. So that was also one of the the caveats that kind of made me... So it triggered you to like yeah, that get on also. with... Yeah, But it's good because, unfortunately, you actually hear people, they hear that and they still continue. You know, it's, it's a mental thing, right? Obviously, like, forcing yourself. Like, I know I have friends that, unfortunately, diabetes, etc., but just can't make that shift in terms of, I need to change. I, I had, think it's... I had my daughter. I had to change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. See, you say this so casually, but I'm like, there's so many people out there. That's not even enough for them. But your motivation for Aria and your drive as a father, it just, it impresses me. It impresses me because there's people out there that's not, still no, not there, enough. There was no option. I, I, right. I, I had to, I had to, I couldn't. You carry on that way. No. So you started walking, you've been told that pre-diabetic potentially. So yeah. how did that fit? Because I'm, I'm getting tips for myself here. How did that fitness journey start? What did you, what did you do? Start, just um, started with walking, mm. first of all, on the track. I was very, very big at the, at the uh-huh. time. I was like uh, 136.7 kg, right. like 21 stone Wow. Uh, yep. at the time. Yep. So, uh, so that, when you're that big. <laughs> it's like a different, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a completely different person then. Yeah, so right. it was just walking it was walking uh, I did that for a year a full year of walking every day for, I started at an hour and then I started stepping up to do two hours a day fantastic yeah. and you notice that weight loss through that process yeah it started yeah. and then in between that then I would um, I went back to the doctor I went back to him and I said uh, hey Dr Vipin you know how's it going thought I'd come back and see you uh, and he said, uh, I said I said is there anything I can do to ensure mm. that this diabetes you know that it won't come back yeah. and, and he said yeah there is and he gave me a like a nine-step plan oh, right. of things that I had to do yeah. in order to make sure that the diabetes wouldn't come back. Okay. So I said, okay, fine. And he, he started writing down the the, the, the steps. And yeah. step one, he's like, uh, exercise. And I looked mm. at him. I looked at him <laughs> smugly and said, uh, Doctor Vipin, don't worry about that. I've, I've got, got that I've covered. got, I've got exercise. You know, I walk around the track uh, every morning <laughs> for one hour. I'll have you know. He looked at me and he said to me, Ainsley, are you ninety? 
And I said, no. <laughs> no. He goes, why the hell are you walking around that track? You need to be running around that track. Start running from tomorrow. So I went in there thinking that I was doing all well. And he's like, you're, you're crazy. It's not even enough. Yeah, it's not, you're nowhere near it. Get, get oh. stuck in. You need to be running around that track. So then I started running around so the track. So you started to pick it up. Yeah, wow. yeah. And then I got a PT and then I started training. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that had me thinking like I'm doing my part. No. One hour walking is no. enough. You're, we're far no, from I'm it. far from it. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Vipin wouldn't be happy at all. We need to, you need, you need to, we need to be running. And then diet, because that's the struggle. Like Dubai, we're in a place, great food. We're very lucky, brunches. So you had to change, obviously, your diet yeah. quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah, which would be hard for me as well, because I love to eat. I, I also right. love okay. to eat as well. So <laughs> I, I feel your pain yeah, on that one. Yeah. Um, so but no, but diet had to change. Yeah, diet okay. had to change. I, I was, uh, in fact, to be fair, um, I was actually with my mum, uh, who's in, who lives in Jamaica, okay. uh, one Christmas, and she looked at me and she said, Ainsley. She also said, like, son, oh, you need to, you need to, you need to bring this weight down because, right. like, you're getting, you're too big. Right. Okay. And I was like, damn. If my mum's telling, mom telling me, if my mum's <laughs> me, I know I'm in trouble now. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll jump on it. Yeah, good for you. So that's like, what was that process? Because Aria's in Kenya. How long were they there for? They were there for. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 373 days or something. <laughs> Not counting much. Not that I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't counting that. So that process, like, you were then working out while she was uh, away from you, basically. Every day. Yeah. And mentally, like, how did that, like, how did you cope? Because like you said, you've moved from your home, family home, yeah. into a place. Yeah. And then, obviously, you're now health is, you know, not where it should be, pressurised to lose weight. You're away from your daughter. Yeah. That must be mentally exhausting. That's a lot to like shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was tough. It was. It mm. was. Uh, there was, in fact, at the time, what was quite interesting is um, everybody was wearing the masks for oh, the right. pandemic. Yes. Yeah. So uh, people were grateful for the masks for the reasons that they were wearing them yeah. for. I was grateful for the masks because it meant when I was walking around and crying, oh. the, the masks would absorb the tears. <laughs> So I was like, these masks are great. They, they're they absolutely brilliant. So, That's such a good point. Yeah, yeah, so for me, the masks were fantastic because uh, that made... Uh, that otherwise, people would be looking, why is this guy walking around just crying as he's, <laughs> as he's like walking to the mall or something? Yeah, so. but honestly, I could do with masks because obviously, naturally, going through divorce, I've cried nonstop probably for like eight months. And you try and hide it, right? You don't want people in public just randomly bursting out in the office. But it's so, that pain. That's why mm. I was try, trying to understand how you manage that because that type of loss and the change of life and grieving, obviously what you wanted to be, your family living together in Dubai, that must have been hard. But I feel what, yeah, I feel what that is. There's no hard. question about it. It's tough. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, it's very, it's very tough. There's a... Uh, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, mm, to be completely yeah. honest with you. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> you seem like you've got a good circle of, like, a community in Dubai. So in terms of helping you through that, you had, like, friends during that time where Aria was away. Of course, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, did I had some really good friends, um, which, was, which I was really fortunate to have. Um, uh, talk about the mental aspect of it. What One thing I've learned, like, now, I didn't really realise it mm. at the time, though, was, yes, you have the, your network, yeah, you have your friends and, and that kind of thing, but also the actual training and, 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 and going... That also helped that as well. Therapy, yeah. I didn't really realise that mm. at, um, as much at the time. Yeah. But, but if you had, I know that it's stereotypical, but healthy body, healthy mind. Yeah, like, everyone says it, know. but it's the truth though, but, isn't but it? I actually kind of experienced that yeah. by doing that. It, it genuinely actually helped me. Which yeah. I, I, beforehand, I wouldn't have said that. I'd have said, you know, just go for some jerk chicken and you'll be fine. Yeah, but. eat it. This is me. I'm just going to comfort eat my way through this uh, this time. But yeah, I'm working on some things as well. So I, I completely get where you're coming from. But now, 
Obviously, you look good. You've lost. You're still working out. I assume it's like a lifestyle thing now, right, for yeah. you? Aria's back. She's back. Her mum is here as well. How's the co-parenting dynamic? Because I'm far from that. Um, so, um, I mean, yeah, we, we just do as best as we possibly yeah. can, right? And yeah. I think the most important thing is just to kind of focus on Aria yeah. each time. So, yeah. so, so. Um, if it makes sense and it's beneficial for her, then we do it. Then we do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, so that's that's kind of like how we do. It. And the mum's really good, and she's yeah. she 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 works with me on good. on that as well. We work together on that to yeah. to make sure that we can ensure that we can just do this as, as good as we can. Listen, yeah. it's not easy. Uh, you you're never gonna always get it right. Yeah. You just got to try and do as best as you can. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, just try and keep her as happy as you can. Fantastic. So. What do you enjoy about being a being a dad? Let's wrap that up in terms of what what do you enjoy about it? I enjoy every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 great. I enjoy uh, so as I we kind of touched on earlier. I, I enjoy travel, yeah, quite a bit. So one of the things that I really try and I'm trying to instill into her is uh, is also to kind of enjoy travel as well. But you take her to so many places from what I've seen. Like you travel with her free, which is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Three three weeks ago, we were in India okay. uh, for a good friend's wedding. Amazing. So it was a three day wedding. So she was my plus one. Oh. <laughs> so, so she came, she came with me there. Um, when she was, when she was first born, we took her to Bali. Um, but um, obviously I've taken to my parents in Jamaica and America and stuff like that so yeah I, I, I want her to kind of everyone says oh but she's too young she won't remember it I'm like hang on a minute I'm also there I, I, I'm, I'm remembering <laughs> it's it it's also me enjoying yeah, time yeah, with I'm her I'm enjoying time with her she's a great travel partner as well she's, she's really good to travel with she can handle airports and stuff and also what we do we um, we learn as we travel right so I'll say to her which country we're in now which country we're going to and we talk about that and you know how we can get there and how there's a place move and oh she's small but we still we still have it's just it's just learning and just enjoying and, uh, and that's that kind of about stuff. the intentional part of being a father right all these small things where people are like they won't remember but you're intentionally trying to kind of instill and you'll be surprised i mean my son is going to be three he absorbs so much now like he is watching everything around him like uh, two weeks from whatever happened he'll repeat back exactly so yeah. she is absorbing and learning yeah. so i think that all makes a difference as well yeah i think i think i think what's also important is the fact that she she has travelled so much mm. even if she doesn't necessarily remember it I do believe the confidence of having that travel I think that'll still be there yeah. I mean time will tell and we'll, we'll see but the fact that she knows that she's been to these places and she obviously you can see the pictures and the videos and all that kind of thing as well to, and, and, and funnily enough sometimes she will remind me of a time when we went somewhere and something happened and I'm like oh yeah which country were we in there you know yeah. and which continent is that on then yeah. and you know so yeah. You know, we just and it just instills confidence, right? She's yeah. meeting so many different cultures and learning about the world yeah. and actually seeing it firsthand. So I think it's a great idea. Who yeah. wouldn't want to travel around anyway? Yeah. So my last question, um, I started with, you never know who's watching because I, obviously we, I came across you just by seeing your story and what you posted and you being a bit more vulnerable. So knowing that Aria is obviously very much a big part of your life and is seeing you, what is it that you want her to take away from this story? Because it's it's quite a journey, right? Like, obviously, you've been through a lot emotionally to get her here. But knowing that she's watching you, what do you want her to think about her dad when she thinks about you? Um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that question was yeah, coming. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I want her to think? Well, OK, so one of the things that I think is a little bit different now is everything I do, mm. uh, including this this podcast, 
uh, I recognise that she could kind of see and, you know, she can kind of look back on it, yeah. right? So everything I do now, I want to be able to do things that will, I don't know, encourage her, inspire her, motivate her. Um, you know, she can learn from it, understand from it. So, so yeah, everything I do now is, is with intention mm. and, and I've got to set an example. Yeah. Right, and I think that's that's. Yeah. I think all parents kind of want to want to be able to do that as best they can. Yeah. Um. And uh. And and set an example to you know to your kids so you can kind of you know get them to be as good as they can and and uh, in no matter what they want to be able to go ahead and go and you know go and do. Fantastic. That's exactly it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as a mother, as my anything that I do, even in this challenging time, I've always been like, I don't want my son to see me as you know bitter or broken or speaking badly about his dad for whatever it may be but I just want him to know that he's in a safe loving environment and hopefully he feels that from both parents eventually so I completely get where you're coming from for yeah sure. yeah now I'm sure I'm sure your 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 uh your son will will, will will get that warmth and that resonance from you in terms right. of what you said now no no they these kids are smart nowadays aren't they yeah. and they 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 they, they, yeah. they they grow quickly and learn quickly yeah. so I'm sure that uh, I'm sure they'll feel it. Great. Well, Ainsley, thank you so much because I know today's usually Daddy Daughter Day Sundays. Today is Daddy so Daughter Day Sundays. I've taken a bit of time away, so <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful that you've given me that time yeah. and just keep on doing what you're doing. Honestly, I'm sure not just me. There must be loads of people that are seeing, you know, the genuine side of what you're actually doing, and yeah, just keep on encouraging others. And you know, maybe that resonates through other things that you might want to do inspiring yeah. others mentoring others I don't know but I feel like you're doing a great job no the only thing I would say is yeah the reason I kind of said yeah I'm more than happy to do it if one other person one other dad one other mum mm. you know one other parent you know gets some value from it and kind of you know and it can kind of like you know, help them to, to kind of get some more or you know uh, benefit themselves yeah. and benefit their, their child then job done with mission accomplished we've, uh, we've, we've done another goal Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. No problem. Right. Thanks. Let's talk DXD. Real conversations by real people.